a Faith That Obeys podcast, 037, Methods of Baptism. Well, welcome to this very short podcast about the methods or modes of baptism. When we survey the methods of baptism used in the Christian world, we count three. Some churches symbolically sprinkle water on the head as a form of baptism. Some pour water and others baptize by fully immersing a person in water. As you can imagine, this is another one of those areas of debate which has raged through the centuries. Is there a right way to baptize and a wrong way? Does it even matter? Let's dive into it. In this podcast, we'll quickly review definitions used in the baptism debate, and then we'll peruse the details about baptisms in the next few podcasts as we close out our lengthy series on baptism. The Bible, specifically the New Testament, uses the word baptize in its various forms over 60 times. Every time it's used in connection with conversion, it's derived from the Greek word bapto, which means to dip, die, plunge, overwhelm, cover completely, submerge, etc. The Greek word bapto does not mean sprinkle or pour. This Greek word bapto is not native to the Bible. There's nothing spiritual about it at all. It was a common word used in ancient Greece, and we have a very similar word in today's Greek. Dozens of authors from biblical time periods, including Polybus, Plutarch, Galba, and others, used it outside the Bible, and it always meant to submerge. Now, if you want to dunk yourself in a definition of the word bapto, there's a deep, rich study of this topic at BibleHub.com, and I've included a link to that article in this blog post at the website. The bottom line, if you want to baptize, you must fully immerse your subject in water. There's no other understanding of this word, and the Bible never uses any word except bapto and its derivatives to describe how we should respond to the Great Commission. You must be immersed. Now let's dive into the details. Because the Christian world uses three methods they call baptism, let's look at the other two. Sprinkling is probably the most common, as most babies are sprinkled with water during a baptism service when the priest or minister wets his hand with the water from a small bowl and lays it on the infant's head. The Greek word for sprinkle is rentizo, which is further derived from reino, the Greek word for sprinkle. This, too, is a very common word in the Greek language. There's nothing biblically special about it. It's just a regular word everyone used. But this word is never used to describe Christian baptism in the New Testament. So how about pouring? Hollywood has done a pretty good job of showing us baptisms in all of the various and glorious retellings of biblical stories. In these films, it is common to see Jesus or some other person walking down into a stream and John the Baptist scooping up a bit of water and gently pouring it over someone's head. Is this baptism? No, this is pouring. The Greek word for pour is epicheo, which is derived from cheo, which means pour. Once again, this word is never used in the Bible as it relates to a person obeying the gospel message. The proper response is always bapto. 
Let me show you a couple of other scriptures which demonstrate baptism is done by immersion. This first scripture is about the Ethiopian eunuch's conversion. Philip, one of the seven deacons of the first church, meets this man on the road to Gaza and presents the gospel. The Ethiopian believes and makes the decision to be baptized right then and there. We pick up the story in Acts 8, 36-39. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. This man was probably part of a caravan. He would not have been traveling alone. He was an important official to the Queen of Ethiopia. When someone travels as he did, you would carry water with you. You are going through a desert area. If baptism was by sprinkling or pouring, Philip could have used some of the Ethiopian's water. Even after they found water on the side of the road, it was completely unnecessary for both of them to go down into the water. Philip could have just brought some water back up to the man. There is a reason both of them go down into the stream. Philip baptizes him by putting him under the water and raising him up again. This is the only way it makes sense for both of them to go down into an old Gaza Road stream or pond. Next, look at Jesus' baptism in Mark 1.10. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. It would be difficult to come up out of the water if you did not go down into the water. When we see baptism mentioned in the New Testament, it's always done by full immersion. But come on now, does it really matter one whit how I'm baptized? Is it really all that important? Doesn't God see my heart and know my real intention? Do I really need to be immersed in water to be properly baptized? Why does it even matter? Well, just think about it. What are we doing when we're baptized? We are responding to a command of Christ given in the Great Commission, where a very specific word was used, bapto. This is how we obey the gospel. If Jesus said, have water poured on your head, would you do that? Well, sure you would. If Jesus said, have some water sprinkled on you, would you be willing to do that? Sure, no problem. If Jesus said, click your heels together three times, would you do that? Of course you would, if you have a heart willing to obey the Savior. The point is, it would not matter how silly something might seem to anyone else. If the Lord asks a good-hearted person to do something, they will always humbly obey. There would be absolutely no resistance. None. So now Jesus tells you to be bapto, buried in water. Why would you not do that? Why do people balk at the idea of being completely immersed in water? If you think it's just because it's too much effort or too difficult to find a place to do it, think again. 
there's a far more powerful force at work here that we tend to forget about. Who wants to prevent you and keep you from obeying the gospel? Who wants to confuse you regarding the proper response to Christ's clear command? Who wants to make small, subtle, seemingly harmless changes to the commands? Who tells us it's too hard or it's too much effort, too embarrassing, too silly, or so unnecessary? Who's the author of such confusion? Think about it. Why would there even be any issue about baptism at all if it were not something very, very important? So important that Satan would do absolutely everything he could in order to keep you from obeying this very simple, very straightforward, very humbling command. Once again, we don't need a Greek scholar to figure all this out. Using the heart of a child, just look at the biblical examples of baptism. It is easy to see and to understand. In our next few lessons, we'll do just that. We will review the various baptismal events in the New Testament. I think we will easily discover all of the who, what, when, where, how, and whys of baptism. And I think God makes it clear and easy to understand so that we may have a faith that obeys. Well, thanks for listening. Join the argument at www.faththatobeys.org slash blog.